Any education apart from Jesus Christ is for us miseducation. And it produces not education nor an educated man, but a new race of barbarians who are today busily destroying their civilization. Humanistic education is the institutionalized love of death. Christian education, because it serves him who says, I am the way, the truth, and the light, is the love of life. This is the Love of Life podcast, conversations with Jesse and Courtney. Thanks for joining us. Here's another episode of the Love of Life podcast. It's our first episode back to start the new year, to start uh, 2022, and we're super excited to be here. We have a special guest with us tonight. We have Marcus Pittman. He's the CEO of Lord TV. He's got a pretty lofty goal that he's uh, trying to accomplish. He wants to cancel Hollywood. And I say uh, more power to you, Marcus. Thanks for There it is. Nice. Very good. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Okay. So tell us a little bit about Lord TV. If someone's never heard of this, I've scoured the website. I know, uh, you know, I, I know a bit about it myself, but for those that are saying, what, what is this thing? Go ahead and just give us a little rundown. Yeah. So what we're doing is we're building a streaming platform for filmmakers to be able to make the movies and TV shows that they want to make. Um, and, uh, the way we will we'll go about doing that is, um, we'll allow the monthly subscribers to be able to spend a portion of their monthly subscription funding the films and TV shows that are presented to them. Um, and so, uh, you know, I always say, you know, like stuff like stranger things, the Netflix subscribers are the ones who made that right. Like they're the ones that contributed their monthly subscription to get stranger things made. Um, the only difference is they didn't have a choice as to whether or not it should be made. Um, so they made cuties too. Right. <laughs> right. So, so what we're doing is we're giving that power of, of funding the films and TV shows that will be streamed on the, on the platform to uh, the subscriber directly without having Hollywood executives as middlemen in the way. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So how did you get this started? What was the idea? Did this mm-hmm. happen in your garage or what was the, <laughs> lots of things seem to happen yeah. in certain garages. A lot of but... big things can happen in, in garages. Yeah. Uh, well, I was working, I made a movie called Babies Are Murdered Here. Mm-hmm. And then that got um, Jeff Durbin with Apologia Studios attention. And I went and moved out to Apologia and we built Apologia Studios up. And then I, uh, I did some social media marketing for, a, you know, uh, for a company that did some PureFlix ads for a while and mm-hmm. then left. And then um, I said, I, I said, I, I just want to make one movie for a whole year. Um, so pay me one year salary. As I told you, I was like, you know, pay me one year salary. And let me just make one film. And so we made Babies Are Still Murdered Here. Um, <clears throat> and then that did really well. And then we put it on Amazon Prime. We had a giant billboard up on the interstate telling people to go watch it and everything. And then uh, the next thing you know, Amazon like just deleted it from their of platform. Course. Of course. And, well, yeah. And so I thought it, I thought it was because it was pro-abortion, uh, pro-life. Um, and, but I, I mean, it might have been. But I found out 
you know, later, just to be fair, they, they cut at that time, they cut like every independent documentary from their platform all at once because they realized they had a lot of garbage on their, on their website. Sure. So if it didn't come from an approved source, I think they cut everything, but I didn't know that at the time. And I was like, wow, Christians, we got to solve this problem if we can't make movies like this. And so, you know, the, the problem is funding and distribution. Those are the two problems artists have. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 you know, Netflix is pure distribution um, for art, for art. Uh, well, for Netflix only focuses on distribution. Uh, they do all the funding and then Kickstarter is specifically funding, but they don't have distribution, right? So we thought about sort of blending Netflix and Kickstarter together, what that would look like and how it would solve all the, all the artists' problems. And, um, and, and that's, that's what happened. And I think the, the best part of it um, is that artists are going to be able to be free to make movies and TV shows that don't fit into uh, a secular category and don't fit into uh, 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 an, an, uh, the Christian bubble market uh, that, you know, pure flicks is sort of established as this is what a Christian movie looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so, you know, we'll, we'll let the market decide if the artist's film is any good. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, you know, and so, so it's good. It's good for the filmmaker because they don't have to put up a huge investment in a movie and then find out nobody wants it. Right. Um, and, and then um, it's good for the, for the subscriber because they have power and they get to make those decisions and they don't feel left out, you know, just yeah. wondering what the gods have chosen for them to watch tonight. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> so where are we in the process of Lore TV kicking yeah. off? I see there's a lot of projects. We're really close. Okay. Um, we're, we're really close. Uh, we're, we're, we're actually doing user uh, experience walkthroughs now. Mm-hmm. So we're doing um, walking people through essentially what what sign up will look like what the website will look like um and then from there um that's being coded based off of the user inputs and walkthroughs and stuff like that um it's it's very high level um development that we're doing it's not like we didn't hire um some company in india to you know just put out a stock website um it's all you know uh you know american developers uh you know, who work, I mean, a lot of these guys are are working secretly for us while they work, you know, for Google and Apple and all these other companies and stuff. They're, they're pretty, we're pretty lucky to have them. And, you know, you know, we're, we're providing, you know, our goal is to provide work for our employees and the filmmakers, right? The freedom we give the filmmakers, we want to give employees and developers so that, you know, they don't feel like they have to, just put their head down and be quiet or get fired for, you know, calling someone gender three as opposed to gender four. Right. So a terrible um, offense. Yeah. Terrible, terrible. You can be, people are getting fired at Disney. Oh, for it. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. We've heard about it uh, from some people. Uh, so, so yeah, so it's, uh, it's really bad. <laughs> it's really bad. And, uh, but I think the timing's good now. So. Awesome. Do you have a date in mind that it's going to launch or is that kind of, I, 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 I would say by first quarter this year, I think we should have an initial beta launch, um, open. Wow. So that's really soon. That's and, the plan. Yeah. And, and, and are you looking at the, the, the current list of things that are out there right now that we can see previews to is all of those will launch at once. Do you think, or you'll just kind of come out with 
yeah it'll it'll be based on funding goals based on how many subscribers the more i mean this is just with anything the more subscribers you have the bigger budget projects you can have Mm -hmm. so some of the projects we have sort of in the tank that we haven't announced yet are big budget projects okay um and then then there's some we'll start out with smaller independent films and um you know the plan is that uh the subscribers who are with us early on the early adopters will start to see you know the the more people that join this platform, the more we can do. Mm-hmm. And so the, the, the goal is really to create a platform where the people, the monthly subscribers are the ones talking about it. And that, you know, so, so we can be as uh, not as dependent on Facebook and Twitter as, as the, you know, the rest of uh, every major tech company is dependent on, yep. you know, Facebook and Google ads and stuff like yeah. that. But I, I'm, under, I'm under the belief that if if a product is good enough, people will tell <clears throat> others about it. Um, yeah. You know, that's sort of uh, the whole foundation of the Great Commission is built <laughs> on, on, on that idea that that Jesus is is enough and uh, and, he, and he's great and and you should worship him. And so, not that I want people to worship Lord, but I think I think we see over and over again in Scripture, very small groups of people can really grow and expand. Um, and and defeat giants. So, mm-hmm. yeah. What kind of overall genres are you seeing that will be placed on Lore TV? I know you said yeah. it will be basically, you know, it, the people itself will, will decide. But give us an idea of the genre of things. Yeah, we we're going to present. Um, uh, you know, we we already have a trailer for uh, Follow the Dead, which is a zombie Irish zombie comedy film, <laughs> and then we have a documentary series on demon possession. So those are two, I would say would be in the, you know, paranormal or horror documentary genre um, uh, or well genre. And then, and then, um, then we have um, animation. We have some animation projects that we're, we're going to be announcing soon. We have, um, yeah, we have uh, like, those are areas. I don't think a lot of Christian entertainment really dives into that. Well, Mm -hmm. like you hardly see any, really good christian animation not since like the focus on the family days when you have like mcgee and me and ah, like that, yeah right like all that sort of really great and i mean adventures and odyssey right so um you do voiceover work yeah right? so, so like you know i always say that focus on the family is a great example because you have people uh like you know the the, the guy that does uh wacko yeah uh, from yeah. animaniacs yes harnell harnell right. yeah, yeah harnell is the guy Yep. that's doing you know adventures and odyssey he's been doing it for years so yeah. you, you don't you don't have this um weird you know category that says well we only have to do christian actors or we have to do non-christian actors or whatever you just have people that sit that look that look at adventures and odyssey and go man this stuff is really good and i want to be a part of that and then you know all those voice actors are um you know doing that and they used to i mean adventures and odyssey i mean that i grew up listening to that um <laughs> We still and, listen to that yeah. <laughs> with our kids, man. Come right. on. It's yeah. 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 I had, I got, I remember I downloaded like, like all the episodes I found one time way back when, you know, Napster was the thing. I was like, Oh, oh that's yeah. crazy. And, <laughs> and I, I just binged, I would binge it like I would podcast back before there were podcasts. So yep. yeah. And, and so, so that's the sort of stuff that, that I look to and I go, 
wow, man, they were selling that in like Chick-fil-A Happy Meals. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like if, if, if there can be a Christian culture and VeggieTales is the same way, right? Nope. So there, there is this there is this ability for Christian productions to be mainstream and popular right. and not necessarily uh, compromising, which sure. they usually normally do later. But I think focus on the family is still... Yeah, they've still be, been able to maintain that. Um, so, you, so you're here to guarantee that Kirk Cameron is not going to be in every film that Lord <laughs> TV produces. Not in every one, and neither is David Arrow White. So, oh, he's, well, so. I'm in. <laughs> yeah. Those guys or anything. Yeah, but we'd have Kirk anytime. He could be in whatever. He yeah, wants. yeah, yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Do you have any parameters or safeguards in place for content to not be, as your teaser trailer kind of put it out, like for Grandma? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, every we're, we're not we're we're not um, we have Christian standards um, like morality standards, uh, and so for the most part, with the projects that we've either seen um, or or are going to get made, uh, they're they're they have that they they have that understanding that they can make whatever they want, um, but it just has to be Christian. And I think a, a lot of that is you know sort of like a. Augustine said, you know, love God and do what you want, um, mm-hmm. like that sort of phrase. And so that's that's really what we want to impose on the artists. Uh, we don't have strong um, content standards. Uh, we It's better to do that on a case by case basis sure. than it is to do it on a uh, just like set a blanket law. Um, I'd rather give the artist the freedom and then for us to come to the artist later and say, yeah, that we just, that's rough for us. Mm-hmm. It's a lot better to have that conversation than it is um, uh, to do anything else. And for the most part, we haven't, we haven't really had to do that um, at all. There was one issue where um, uh, it was an abortion documentary and we, and we had to say no to just one part where it was uh, they, they just showed an actual abortion. So there was nudity um, and like, you know, so like even that, you know, made us go, well, we need to think about this because <laughs> it's not as, it wasn't as clear cut as, you know, full frontal sex scene or something like that. But we sure. said no to it. Cause we just said, well, let's just keep that hard line. And so, so there, you know, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of questions and, you know, I, I, I think uh, I would just rather like, let's go with the freedom route. Um, and then and then make those decisions as we go. But for the most part, everybody we've spoken to, we've told them uh, that we love their idea and just make it however they want. We don't want to be given notes like Hollywood from sure. the from the studio that says, you know, oh, you need more black people in your cast or you're not going to reach this market. If, you know, Pure Flix's, uh diversity requirements, if you call it that, is is a horse, a, a little girl, a parent you know right like so right so those are like the standards they look for in a movie to see if it'll sell well to their audience and we don't want to be like you need a horse in this movie if we're going to sell right like, right but know, it's not going to be it's not going to be porn with a story on Lord right, Street, right, right? Yeah. yeah yeah so we don't want to we don't want to you know sort of lean into that we'd rather just say look make what you want and then we'll go from there um so so that's sort of how what we're going to do yeah sure awesome but but I would say, just to be clear, um, I would say that we're not going after content for children. Sure. Um, so I know like like we don't call ourselves family friendly because we think there's stories that 
uh, we like like we like to f- figure out like what what do Christians watch when the when the kids go to bed? Mm-hmm. Like what are the because we because we know that like parents watch things that they don't with their kids. Sure. Uh, sure. But that doesn't mean that the things they watch is like inherently wicked. Like you probably wouldn't watch like Dateline with you with your children. Sure. Sure. <laughs> Fox News with your children, right? So there's exactly. there there you know, and when you go into a Christian bookstore, you have you know. 35 year old and above single men section. And then you have like your married couple section and then your single women section. Right. So the Christian bookstores understand that sort of category, that one book isn't necessarily for all ages, but when it comes to the Christian film industry, for some reason, they think, well, all movies need to be made for all ages. And that just doesn't make sense. So what we're doing is we're looking for contents from like uh, mainly um, older teenagers to adults. So sort of like the young adults. So sort of like the MTV sort of age group that MTV launched in the eighties, I think would probably be where we're headed for, you know, just the, the 35 and below male audience. So now we're, we're talking about an industry Hollywood that's been around for over a hundred years. Why is it taking Christians? Do you think, let's just go in the weeds a little bit here. Why, Why is it taking Christians this long to say, Hey, you know, we need to create these stories too. We need to come up with content ourselves. We need to, you know, come up with things that we can put out there um, that aren't even necessarily just for Christians, but are wholesome entertainment, good content. Um, I I think um, there's a lot there. I mean, originally Hollywood had like um, the Jew, the priest and the, or the, the Catholic, right. And then they would review each film, I think if, uh, you know, like, like, for example, they had to, they, they had to get approval, uh, for Lucy and Desi to say the word pregnant or <laughs> right on TV, right. From the, the Christian, the Christian or the, the religious groups that they worked with. So there was a lot of, a lot of standards for that. They, they, they had those restrictions. Um, and then I, I think just eventually the culture became less and less Christian and so does the arts. Um, and, 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 and so you, you see that, but then you have something really interesting with like the passion of the Christ, Mel Gibson's film and Mel Gibson's film made $600 million worldwide. Like that's not a lot now. Right. But back then when that movie came out, $600 million global box office was a huge hit, right? That was right up there with like Titanic and like those sort of movies or one of some of the top grossing films of the decade right and then um you would think any businessman worth their salt would have said well shoot we need to do more of that (laughs) there's a whole market out there that's hungry for this stuff but that's not what they did instead they blacklisted every actor that was a part of it all the cast and crew all that stuff and so i think from there you started to see this actual uh not just uh we don't make these stories because we don't think they'll do well but just an actual suppression of these stories Um, and then, um, you know, they would give you the occasional God's not dead or whatever. And then pure flicks comes along and then they sort of decided, you know, it's best just to make these films for this audience and this genre. And then that way we can sort of appease the Christian, but then we can push all of our gay LGBT sort of rights and all that other sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, and, and that worked well for a while. And then now you have. What's concerning is that Sony recently last year bought Pure Flix, mm-hmm. right? And Sony's the same one who's, you know, pushing LGBT agenda and this is us, right? Like, so, right. So 
So are all the films that Sony does now have to get positively ranked on the GLAD score, um, right? So so there's just this uh, massive shift that's happening. And I think eventually we're probably not even going to have Christian films at all anymore, not even the cheesy ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so it won't be long before there's a Pure Flix movie with, you know, like a female pastor, <laughs> you know. Played by Beth Moore? Yeah, right, right. A female pastor boldly defending LGBT ideas and stuff, right? Like that'll be a Pure Flix movie. Mark my words. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It'll happen. <laughs> We're going to timestamp this podcast right here. Marcus <laughs> Pittman said it. He called it. Prophecy. Yeah, that's I'm right. Sure it'll happen. That's right. Um, so you have, like I said at the beginning, a very lofty goal here of trying to cancel Hollywood. Is it doable? Is it something that you think we can see at least the tide even begin to turn sometime think, in, our, in our lifetime? I think so. If you would have said like 10 years ago that, you know, the taxi cab industry is going to be decentralized and, and nobody's going to ride yellow taxi cabs anymore. That would be really weird to understand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Like that would be, that, yeah, that would be, that'd be nuts. Um, so the great thing about technology is that it, it decentralizes structures right so or or systems that are usually gate kept mm-hmm. um and so hollywood is gate kept right there's a lot of money um riding on the fact that hollywood still remains in control and the influencer mm-hmm. of culture because it's a religious thing it's not just a money thing um but right and so so if you come up with a way like let's say the taxi well right now so hollywood is highly regulated there's unions, um, rules, like all these sort of things that everybody's just going along with it because they have the money. Um, and then and then here comes uh, something like us who says, well, we don't care if your cast or crew is unioned or not. Uh, we'll give it just as big of a platform. Well, you can't do that on Netflix. You can't, you can't put an ununion movie on Netflix, right? A non-union movie on Netflix. And so, so there's this heavily regulated industry, but throughout history, we've seen that the more regulated the industry becomes, the, the faster it gets decentralized. All right. So, I mean, and, and I can give you a lot of examples of this, uh, um, helicopter pilots for films are now replaced by drone operators, um, right? Like most movies do not use a helicopter anymore, um, for, for their productions. It's just a drone operator that they pay super cheap compared to the cost of renting a helicopter for, for a day. And right. And then, um, so, so drones decentralized the flight industry, right. And then, um, Uber decentralized the taxi cab industry. Um, and, and remember these industries regulated themselves, the taxi cab industry regulated themselves so that they wouldn't have any competition. Um, that's why they would petition to make it so that, you know, a taxi cab license cost a million dollars, right? Like they did that because they wanted to keep it within their circle and all the money in their circle. And then when Uber came, um, and Lyft came, uh, it just completely disrupted that. And then this is exactly what happened with the printing press, right? With Gutenberg, the Bible was in, encompassed in, um, chains and they would only let certain people read it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't until, uh, the printing press came that that reading was decentralized. The, the internet's come along and decentralized um, news and information. Um, so so I, I think you see this history um, starting with you know the Tower of Babel. There was this 
sort of uh, desire uh, for everyone to come together um, and do this one thing. And God said, no, you have to disperse. Right. Um, And then he went and made it so that their languages would make it impossible for them to work together. And then all of a sudden um, in, in acts, we see that the languages come back to the people and the tower of Babel's curse is sort of lifted from that point on. And now everybody can work together, but still, spread out at the same time. So there's this decentralization that's happened with permission from God at that point in Acts 2. So I think I think you see that sort of I, I, so so whether or not lore is going to be the thing that does that um that that decentralizes you know the ability to be able to do that I don't know but but um I think it it's it's worth it's worth the risk both financially and with time. Uh, if, if, if you see, like, I see the groundwork that in which that can be done. So it's, it's worth pursuing. Mm-hmm. When you say it's a religious thing, you want to unpack that for us a little? Like Hollywood's a religious thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a good example of that was, um, like Dave Chappelle, right? D- Dave Chappelle makes millions of dollars on anything he touches. He's one of the best comedians in the entire world. Um, and then when he came out and did that special with Netflix and it became this anti-trans thing, um, uh, Glad released a statement to the press that said that these ideas are harmful because we know the importance of Hollywood in changing people's opinions on LGBT issues, right? So they're essentially saying the reason why Dave Chappelle cannot be given a platform is not because of how much money he makes or doesn't make. It's because the role of Hollywood has a core function to to change the 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 mindsets of 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 the audience. So that that's why uh, you don't get Christian films. That's why you don't get movies where you know the uh, a man. I uh, just throwing something. Out, this is where you don't get a, a, a movie where a man. Uh, leaves his wife to become gay and it becomes this bitter, evil person, right? Like it's always, you know, the hallmark ending for those people, right? They're always seen as a good guy, right? You never see uh, sexual sin destroy a family um, uh, in the LGBT sense of sexual sin. And, 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 and so there's always just this sort of uh, narrative that they're pushing, and, uh, and, and it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter about money. Like, like if it was about money, cutie should have been pulled like as soon as like it got heat, but they, they dug in and they fought for it. Um, you know, and so it's not, it's not about money. It's, it's about pushing an agenda and a, a cultural agenda, which is, which is fine. Like I'm okay with that, but I think Christians need to have the same amount of freedom and opportunities to push that cultural agenda as well. Cause there, you know, there's not neutrality. Um, so everybody's going to be pushing some sort of worldview. So right. yeah, we just want to make the, the, the grounds fair. Yeah. Nothing is neutral. Yeah. Right. <laughs> How are you sourcing um, ideas? You say you already have ideas in the queue. Like, is there a well, way you're attracting? No. So we, we have a creator sign up. And so really they're coming to us. We've been going to conferences and talking at conferences and like uh, Christian film festivals and stuff like that. And, and mainly we just talk to Christian, Christian artists and, and we just say, you know, 
tell, like usually art, what we say to an artist is, uh, what is the film that Pure Flix rejected that you really want to make? <laughs> that, that really, we get some really great ideas. You'd be surprised at sort of the sort of content um, that, that just is just waiting for someone to, you know, take a risk and, and make it. And yeah. so a lot of our stuff is like that. I mean, we, we've talked to artists um, who work um, very high level jobs in, um, in, in Hollywood that you would know their work. Um, um, they've won Emmys, they've won awards um, and, and they, they just, they have golden handcuffs on, right? Like, so it's like, I can just do what they want and then I'll get paid tons of money and I'll be able to support my family. Um, but it's not really freeing to them. It doesn't really give them uh, fulfillment in the sense of they're, they're really using their gifts and skills to glorify God and stuff like that. And so I think uh, once, you know, we can prove that lore can make the artists a lot of money um, and they can do what they want. I, I don't, I, I think Hollywood's going to have a problem keeping mm-hmm. artists um, that don't get the same amount of freedom. So this is what HBO did to succeed is that they told the artists, yeah, just make whatever you want. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they went the, the crazy way with it, with like nudity uh-huh. and all this other stuff. But it was what allowed them to get the best talent when they had like no budget. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's sort of what we're doing, too. Yeah. yeah. And Netflix is not going to give an artist freedom right. at all. It's not right. going to happen. Um, and they don't even they don't even know what that is. So. Yeah. Are you seeing anyone else in this side, on your side of this industry? Are you seeing anyone else even trying to do what you're doing? Or do you think at the moment, Lord TV is the only one trying to work within this model and within this sort of Christian framework? I think you're going to see a lot of crowdfunding movies. Um, Like obviously VidAngel's crowdfunded movies and TV shows. Like that's sort of what they're doing. They're doing it more from a, an actual investment standpoint. Um, And, and there's probably some other, smaller studios that are sort of doing a sort of funding model sort of thing. But I think the way our website's going to work is going to be what's really different and unique. It's not going to work in the same way um, that most people would expect it to. Um, So, and I think that's really where the value of it's going to come in Mm -hmm. and uh, especially for the artist. Um, And so like everything we're doing uh, is really about how do we make it better for artists? How can they make more? and be free to tell the stories that they want. So everything is sort of that focused. Whereas I don't know if I would say that um, in the other crowdfunding mechanisms is, is that freeing. Mm-hmm. So. so for the consumer, is it going to be similar to that of say Netflix when I go on to the website or potential, is there an app already? Do you have an app? Uh, everything is going to be without an app. And, oh. there, and it'll be through the desktop or through the, you know, just the browser on your phone. And the reason okay. is, because we don't want to have to concede to, <coughs> excuse me, we don't want to concede to um, Android's App Store rules. Like that is, it doesn't make any sense to yeah. have ninety percent of your audience dependent on permission from Google yeah. um, to do anything. Um, and, and we know that they, Apple and I, uh, Google, would absolutely reject our our platform based on some of the movies and TV shows that we're working on. Right. Um, so we don't want to be dependent. So it's better since we were going after the young audience anyway, uh, everything will be done in browser. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in, in that sense, it will be done. So will there be a, will there be a, a login feature 
similar. Yeah, you'll, you'll have an account. And- yeah, you'll have an account. You'll be able to browse projects, and then you'll be able. Once a film is funded, you'll be able to watch it and stuff. Mm-hmm. The only difference is <clears throat> you'll have to cast it to your TV. I think um, okay. at least early on. Eventually, that might get a lot better, but that just depends on. There's a lot of um, strings that come with like Roku deals and stuff that I don't think a lot of people really understand mm-hmm. like the 30 percent cut of all funds um go to roku mm-hmm. um and that's like money that could go to the artist um mm-hmm. so that's just so there's just a lot of questions and concerns with that but um <clears throat> you know if you're in demand enough usually a lot of those restrictions and stuff are are tossed out the window because people get mad at them so our plan is just to become so big and so hot uh, that they have to have us on all those sort of things. Right. So. <laughs> what does your team look like right now? I know you have developers. Yeah, we have developers. We have Jason Farley, who's our chief content officer. He's He speaks with artists every day. Um, and then we have um, John Speed, who is director of communications, and he works on writing blogs and sort of reaching out to um, high high profile people about some of the projects that we're doing. And he works on connecting artists with, you know, podcast interviews and stuff like that to help promote their stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, um, um, and then we have about, I think maybe 13 employees right now, I nice. think that are off and on part-time. Um, and so, so, I mean, it was, it's a pretty good team. Um, yeah. It's, it's, you know, we, we've raised half a million for our seed round. Um, and then, um, which is nothing, <laughs> right. <clears throat> I always tell people like half a million, man, that's a, it's incredible what we've done in terms of the content and the relationships we formed with the artists uh, when we've raised no money. Um, and, and in comparison to, you know, the cost of one movie is, you know, 20 or $30 million that a Christian film company would, would put out and we've only raised half a million. And so hopefully with our next round, once we can generate proof that people are subscribing and really want to see this happen, uh, we'll be able to go with a bigger series a round. But, but a lot of that is, you know, finding the investors who have a backbone that believe in your mission and aren't going to use their money as a way to control you in, in the long run, because if we're controlled, then so will our artists. And so we don't want that. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So it's you, David and Goliath, man. It really is. <laughs> well, we, we, we definitely know who won that battle. So yeah, that's right. That's right. No. Same with Gideon. His, his uh, army was too big. Yeah, so you don't that's want to right. <laughs> well, that, that's a perfect segue into your uh, Gab email that was sent out about uh, two months ago, I believe, in, in, in Eschatology of Victory, right? I believe you wrote you wrote that for uh, Gab News. Yeah, yeah. Torba. Torba, posted, yeah. yeah. Torba posted that he was looking for people to write blogs on victorious eschatology and how uh, <clears throat> how uh, uh, the 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 Dabneys and and those guys in the past sort of with dispensationalism like sort of harmed us yeah and so I was like dude I, this is all me <laughs> and so I emailed him <laughs> and he, he he said yeah go ahead and do it and I'll publish it and so yeah that was essentially it and like that that's my position is it's weird to me that in the nation that's uh, spawned the most amount of mission work in the history of the world, where the Christian culture has been the predominant influence um, in for the past hundred years, 300 years, uh, Christianity has had some sort of hooks into what we do in America. 
Yet for some reason right now, there's not a single major corporation, whether it's Google or Apple or, or Facebook or Twitter, um, there's not a, or, or McDonald's, right? Like there's not a single corporation that has a very strong Christian worldview. Um, there, there's Chick-fil-A and Hobby Lobby. Um, and right. So there, there, there's that. Um, but, you know, we've seen a shift, you know, in Chick-fil-A recently mm-hmm. um, with, with, you know, hiring an Obama representative to handle charitable donations for them and stuff like that. So there's been this shift towards SJW route that um, Chick-fil-A has gone but Chick-fil-A was essentially it. Chick-fil-A and Hobby Lobby were the two major co- corporations that were really, you know, taking a firm position. And now when we need it most, when we need, you know, a Google to stand up and say, no, this is not right. They're mm-hmm. not right. Like this is when we need the most and there's not there. So our hope really with Laura is to become a multi-billion dollar global brand that will use its weight and influence to, to, to impose Christian values in the same way that uh, Hollywood and all the other organizations impose secular values. Yeah. But but Marcus, isn't Jesus imminently, isn't he imminently returning? Like, you know, probably in the next few months or years. Yeah. So, so that's sort of going on here. Yeah. So if you believe that Jesus is coming back like immediately at any moment, um, you're not going to build 400 year plans for your business, right? Like um, <clears throat> Arthur Guinness did uh, a 9,000 year lease um, for the property in which Guinness beer is built on. And um, he got saved under Wesley and Whitfield, right? When, when Wesley and Whitfield came to Ireland to do a revival. And so he got saved and said, well, I'm going to need a 9,000 year lease on, on this property. And they, they still have that lease. You can see it. It's in the, it's in, encased in like plastic in the museum in Ireland. Um, and, 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 but he also built this business that changed Ireland for generations. He, he hired a doctor and said, so, you know, instead of, uh, you know, nowadays we were just, we're, we're, we're trusting in like secular um, health insurance companies to provide for our employees. Um, and where he hired a doctor that would personally meet with all his employees and um, not that they had health insurance really back then, but, but uh, he did that. And then he believed that um, if the women, if, if the wives of the, the employees were educated, then uh, the men would go home and get education as well. So he would have do these, he would have these Christian pastors and theologians come and do seminars just for the women. Um, that way that they would come home and be able to talk to their husbands and educate their husbands. And so like, it was just, I mean, you see this and this went on for two or three generations, wow. um, you know, starting with, you know, 17, 1800s, uh, you know, all the way up until now it's just a corporate machine um, in Ireland and, and everyone in Ireland is kind of disgusted about what it's become compared to the stories, you know, their grandchildren, their grandparents tell them about about it so so we we see that there has been christian brands in the past and um you know even christian technology um samuel morse um well i mean his story is really great like he was doing a painting and his he got a, a letter in the mail um that his wife had died and it said don't bother returning because you'll already be buried by the time she'll well she was sick, but don't bother returning because she'll be dead and buried by the time you get back. 
And so he was um, so discouraged by the idea that it took several days for him to receive a letter in the mail. Um, and then he heard that uh, Benjamin Franklin or, or, or um, Edison, one of them, uh, sorry, well, of course it was Edison, uh, Edison or did some sort of experiments with, with uh, electricity and the lightning would arrive at the end of the cable, no matter how long the cable was. And so he asked his friends at a bar one night, he's like, do you think you can communicate with it? And they were like, no, that's crazy. Um, but it kind of kept them up at night. The idea that you could communicate through electricity and he invented the telegraph, right? Like, so that's, and the first words on the telegraph presented to Congress was what hath God wrought, right? Like those were, and you, you still see that telegraph is still in the Supreme court building today where they did the experiment. And so, you know, even uh, when uh, the president spoke to the queen on the first transatlantic cable, uh, it was stated that may this, may this line be used uh, continually to glorify God and bring peace among the nations. Mm -hmm. um, so, so that was like the first transatlantic cable message. Right. And so we've always sort of had that. We've always been in charge of technology. It's only new that Christians haven't been the ones doing that. This is new in church history that Christians aren't on the forefront of this. Though. And would you say that it's because Christians have essentially given, given it up? Yeah, I think, I think, I think a lot of it has to do with eschatology, the rapture's coming at any time. Um, so there's, you know, you know, let's just go and work, just get something that'll pay the bills, keep food on the table for the family um, and not try to take insane risk. Let's like, let's not, you know, worry. I mean, like, I think one of the things that you lose with a dispensational eschatology is a desire to leave uh, a godly inheritance uh, for generations, right? Like well, our, you know, in our society, we call that, uh, you know, they, they get a nasty word like white privilege. It's, like, it's not white privilege. It's biblical inheritance, right? Like the father is passing on something. Um, you know, it's not nepotism, right? Like, the, like, the, like this is what the Bible says inheritance is. Um, and, and you see that with like Will Smith and his kids, Will Smith talks about, how he's doing this for his children, the ball family, um, uh, you know, Jay-Z and Beyonce, their kid blue Ivy won a Grammy at age six. Like that wasn't <clears throat> that, like, like Jay-Z and Beyonce didn't have the opportunity to win a Grammy at age six, but, but uh, blue Ivy has a privilege, right? Like, so there is this biblical inheritance and I think we've lost that and so much that we think it's actually a bad thing, right? You know, we were talking all oh, these rich white, people who had wealthy parents and you know they 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 never had to work in their life before it's like well i mean that's part of the blessing of an inheritance is that you don't have to work as hard to succeed and prosper like the amount of work we're putting in uh to free artists now artists hopefully will not have to have to do that so the hustle that an artist has to do to succeed is insane um right now um and so freeing that up so two or three generations from now um an artist can have uh just as good of an opportunity to succeed at what they do if they're good at it um mm -hmm. as as a doctor or a lawyer yeah so did you get any interesting feedback from that blog post or from that email when it went out i mean there's it's a it's a it's a hot button topic among christians uh, i didn't get any i didn't get any negative stuff i i think i got actually got like 
a lot of really good emails from people that I haven't heard from in a while that just happened to read it and yeah. send me a message. Um, I, you know, I like Gab has its weird comment section, just like YouTube does. Of course. So I, I didn't really pay any attention to, to much of that, mm. but uh, I, I, I think it was good. I think we got the attention of a few investors from it too, which was probably the best part of it. Cause yeah. you know, we're sort of on an Island trying to figure out where these Christian investors are. <laughs> Yeah. I think I smiled throughout the entire time. I, I got it as an email, not the blog version. And I, oh, okay. I, I was literally like, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I came upstairs and I read it to her and I said, you've got to, you've got to hear this. So I read well, her. That thing. is incredible. Um, like it's amazing really uh, what Gab has done. Um, they, either they, they pretty much only have two, two rules. It's no pornography and nothing illegal, right? Like those are just essentially the two rules that they have. And then um, because of that, I, I know there's this guy, his name is uh, the, 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 on, on, on YouTube, his channel is like the quartering, right? Um, and so his name is Jeremy. And he's always like, he'll always like, he's, he'll, he comes across probably maybe libertarian conservative, but he always defends pornography. If there's some sort of thing, like he'll always defend that. He was like really mad that there was no porn on Gab or whatever, whatever. And then with what happened with Gitter, um, that just came out and then you realize man they're, they want they're not letting certain people join their platform and they were just conning people into being a free speech platform um you know even he tweeted he's like I, he's like gab is inevitable evitable, right so i think like there's something that's attractive to these you know christian worldview like gab is crushing it right now andrew torba's a, a, you know solid christian mm-hmm. sharing doug wilson and ad robles and like all the like, cross politic and he's He's sharing all this stuff. It's really incredible. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's, you know, just, you know, that motivates me for what we're doing with war. It's like, if Andrew Torba can do it and be successful, um, then, then we can do it. Yes. So well, no doubt there's a wide audience for this, right? I oh mean, yeah. In the passion of the Christ earlier, think about how much money they made, how many people watch this. There are so many Christians worldwide who will find, especially if it's good, well-made content they will be into this right yeah so the yeah i i don't think it's i i think it's going to be really great i think it's going to really change a lot um and and in terms of the hollywood industry in terms of how people think about making films Mm -hmm. Uh, i think the most dangerous aspect is the existence of lore shows that you don't need hollywood like that's a dangerous mentality even to get into the idea of like secular artists and stuff like that. So, yeah, well, hopefully we see the day that that happens. <laughs> yeah, man. Absolutely. Wonderful. I think so. I think you'll see it soon. Yeah. How did you choose the name lore? Yeah. Like folklore. Yeah. yeah that's where oh. it comes from. Like, there, you like the term <laughs> there you go. Like folklore. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Like folklore. Um, and then, you know, we, I wanted, I wanted something that was marketable. And not, um, you know, a Jesus flicks, right? <laughs> like I didn't like yeah. that. Just I want to make a I wanted to make a global brand, sure. And so you know, lore sort of came in my head. L O R E is taken, of course. Okay, that's um, what I was gonna ask. Okay, yeah. And L-O-R-E. so I just did L O O R because it still looked the same, and and the domain was available. Yeah. Um, I, I was under the impression we we're probably gonna change it before launch anyway. Yeah. I I always heard that you know, you always change your name at launch before launch or whatever. Um, so I, I was just like, well, I'll just go with this. And then it just sort of stuck. And then 
you know, I found out like L-O-O-R is like the Spanish word for praise. And it's where you get the word laurels from. Um, and so it was, it was talking about giving an award. And since lore is really based on the subscribers awarding the artists, um, we just decided it just worked. So, we, you know, when you give lore to your the filmmakers, like that's what you're, you're giving them awards. And, um, you know, in, in the film in the film festival world, the laurels, the Ivy laurels are what they use for like Sundance film festival or something right. like that. Right. <laughs> so that's where that word comes from. Nice. Great. That worked in your favor. Like <laughs> did, yeah. Or if the connections came in after you chose it, then you yeah. Yeah. Love it. Sure. <laughs> Very cool. That's great. How long have you been growing the Epic beard you have? I don't remember, man. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I, I mean, it would have to be this, this right here is probably at least some, I think sometime, maybe six months after I got married, I, sh- I shaved, I didn't shave it all off, but I, I trimmed it. And then my wife cried and then I never did it again. Okay. So, so we're, just, we're, talking years? Like, we're talking it's at years? least like three years right now. Uh, like wow. nice. So, but, I, but I know people, you know, their, their, their beard grows a lot longer than that. So I think mine kind of is just sort of at a, this is just how long it gets. I was going to say, were you in Durban, like in some kind of competition? Cause yours <laughs> is obviously longer. Yeah. No, I don't. I, he trims his. Yeah. Uh, so oh, yeah. I don't. Yeah. You don't, just, you don't do anything. You just not really. No, I just try to do up here every now and then and uh-huh. um, whatnot, but I try to keep it, you know, natural. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It looks natural. <laughs> That's great. Any closing question from you? Uh, so you're in Moscow, Idaho. So I just yeah. have to ask, are you interconnected to the crowd? We see all this content coming out of Moscow, Idaho. Isn't there only one church in Moscow, Idaho? <laughs> no, there's, there's a lot. Uh, no. So I, I go to Christ church. Uh, so that's the, with Doug Wilson's a pastor. Yep. Uh, that was my question. <laughs> yeah. So they started, there's, there's Christ church and then there's Christ church downtown and then there's uh, <clears throat> Trinity Reformed. So those are three CREC churches in 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 this small city. Um, and so you know we we got here and we're going to Christchurch. And then we thought you know maybe we should go check out Christchurch downtown. So we went there for several months to Christchurch downtown, and then realized that everybody we know still goes to the other one. So we went back, and now I think we're planted in the regular Christchurch. But no, it's a great community here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of, um, a, a, a huge entrepreneurial mindset, uh, that you don't really see in church communities much. Um, yeah. so that's been helpful. And part of the reason I wanted to move here is just sort of be able to have people to get advice on, um, that have built million dollar companies and just be able to lean on them for, you know, advice and wisdom and within a Christian context, that's not afraid. Um, so, so that was sort of why we moved here and it's, been beneficial for a lot of reasons so it's been really great that's wonderful and now are the headlines true i mean is moscow idaho slowly steadily becoming do you think a truly christian community i it's weird it's the weirdest place i've ever been um (laughs) the there's a huge disdain for uh, people that go to christchurch in the community um from the liberal college people um and so they're very vocal i actually think uh 
I think it might be this weekend. I don't know. It might. I think it is this weekend. They're doing like a protest against Christchurch in downtown. Mm. Um, so like I've never seen that before. Um, <laughs> and so it's it's really it's really interesting. Um, but I think it is becoming a Christian town. I think people are moving here uh, because they know that the church isn't going to cave. It's not going to back down. And, um, you know, we're, you know, there's a lot of entrepreneurs and business people and they're buying buildings and starting businesses. And, you know, the socialist commie Marxists are trying to figure out why they're losing all the property downtown. Um, (laughs) and why there's no strip clubs anymore. And (laughs) like, well, you guys don't believe in capitalism and property ownership, you know? So, so, uh, there's, you know, this, you can see this real clear, uh, defining line that's sort of happening in the town. Uh, but, but, you know, the regular evangelicals aren't too concerned about Christchurch. Like that doesn't, they, they go to the businesses, they do all of this stuff. I think it's probably just mainly the hard line from the University of Washington, the University of Idaho, that's, you know, five minutes down the road that are really upset about everything. But, yeah. but college professors aren't necessarily good business people, so they can't really <laughs> <laughs> invest in land and property. So. No, no. And in the end, we know the meek will inherit the earth. So that's right. Yeah. So, well, that, we're definitely inheriting Moscow right now. So <laughs> well, yeah, start there. That's good. <laughs> so it's taken good. 40 years, but it's, yeah. it is happening. It's fun to see. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. That is wonderful. Okay. Well, Marcus, it has been a sincere pleasure having you on any closing word at all. You'd like to say, we'll obviously provide some links below for. Yeah. Lord. Go, go to lore.tv and check us out. Um, uh, like us on Facebook um, and make sure you hit like prioritize posts because it's a little bit of suppression, but you can see all our trailers and stuff on Facebook and YouTube. Um, and and yeah, so so just do that and uh, just uh, sign up for our email list at lore.tv and then that way you can get updated. And then of course, if you're a filmmaker or an artist, go to lore.tv um, and go to the creator submission tab and then you can submit sort of the work and movies that you've made and or been a part of and or compiling a big database of Christian artists. Wonderful. And then uh, and then also, of course, if you're an investor, uh, you can fill out a tab there, too, if you're interested in investing in it and what we're doing. So that's great. All right, Marcus. Well, thank you so much for coming on the Love of Life podcast. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Love of Life podcast conversations with Jesse and Courtney. It is our duty through our schools to create a new one, a God-centered one. We are told in Proverbs 8, verses 35 and 36, For whoso findeth me findeth life, and shall obtain favor of the Lord. But he that sinneth against me wrongeth his own soul. All they that hate me love death.